Just a quick note, this is episode two of Finding Feel Good. If you want to hear the full journey, please go back and listen from episode one to get the full experience. Sometimes what you think is living your best life isn't actually close to living at all. And that's what happened to me. I was so focused on being successful at work, being a high flyer in business that I didn't stop to consider what success actually meant to me. I started to realize that success and happiness are two completely different things. And happiness was eluding me, but I really wasn't sure where to look. On one particularly low day on a whim, I just decided to book a trip to Bali, which ended up being one of the most powerful and life-changing experiences I'd ever had. And once I got on the island, I just started to work it out. I started to get a glimpse that there was a different way to approach life, a way that helped give me some meaning and purpose and perspective on what it was to be happy. But what actually is happiness? Is feeling good that short-term buzz that you get from eating your favorite food or hitting a target at work, getting a new car? Or is it something deeper, something more meaningful? And I sensed it was. And once I arrived in Bali, the magic of it just opened my eyes that there is a more balanced way of life. But I, I couldn't stay long. It was just a fortunate accidental discovery. And eventually I had to return home. But I was left with more questions than answers. So now I'm going to go back with an open and curious mind and fully immerse myself in the island culture. I'm going to explore and experience different alternative therapies that supposedly will get me closer to what I'm looking for. Ways that might help me live a happier and more fulfilled life. And whilst it's a nice thought, it's not realistic for us to visit Bali every time we need some help or support with our life journey. So I want to know how I might be able to find some of these Balinese techniques, habits and rituals and bring them back, bring them into our daily lives, wherever we are in the world, to help us get closer to the person we want to be. I'm Jade English and this is Finding Feel Good. Women's circles are so revolutionary because they create a space where you can stop and you can just look at your life with another woman and you see it mirrored in each other and that's when you realize, aha, it's actually not right. It wasn't just all in my head. I'm not weird. The situation we're in is weird. So let's change it. I think a big part of the women's circle is because of the, the way that we host it as in everyone gets time to speak you know there's no time limit but of, of course we're kind of mindful for each other but we have you know a topic and then we share from our perspective the topic and what I love about the women's circle is everyone has the opportunity to share if they want to without anyone giving advice or saying anything but I think the magic is in really listening. Today I'm going to take part in a women's circle. A women's circle, as you might expect from the name, is the opportunity for a group of women of all ages to come together. But it's more than just catching up with the girls. It's a chance for women to connect and share in a safe, supportive and trusting space without giving any advice. It could be to share life stories, express emotions, set positive intentions and tap into the power of a group of women. Most importantly, it's about being heard and listening. So I've finally arrived in Bali. I can't 
can't believe I'm actually here. It feels so weird after just not traveling for such a long time. I think everything in Bali I've always appreciated, but coming back and like that smell hitting you when you first get off the flight, which you can't get anywhere else, it's just got that like Bali smell and everyone seems to be, I don't know, there's just a different energy about the place. I feel like I've done so much since I got here. The flight was actually really, really good. There wasn't many people on it, so I managed to get a, a whole row of seats to myself, so I sort of stretched out on there, which was awesome. But it does seem quite a bit quieter and I think that is due to COVID and tourism sort of taking a while to take back off again. But another thing I have noticed is everyone just still seems really happy. The road where I'm living at the moment in this villa, which I managed to get for really cheap, even though it's mega, it's got like a little restaurant at the end of it. And every time I go past, the families are all sat out there and they're like, talking to each other, laughing, giggling. And I just think, oh. it just seems that even through adversity, they've got a really good, positive outlook on life. The last few days, I met up with Briar Roots, who I'm actually going to do the women's circle with. And I had such a nice time catching up with her because she's actually one of my friends from home. And we walked along the beach. They have black sand in Bali and the sunset is just incredible and sort of settled into Bali life, which I think I could probably get quite used to. Also, the food here is absolutely to die for. So I've been eating sushi nonstop since I've arrived. Me and producer Juliet have been living off the stuff. I think I'm gonna look like a block of sushi by the time I leave. <laughs> There's a thing called Gojek here where you can order food in, it's like Deliveroo. And you just get stuff brought to you that's amazing. Obviously, not really been leaving the house much. Things haven't been open at home. And where I live in Anglesey, there's not a lot around. So it's really nice to actually be around a place where I actually have options and stuff. It just feels amazing to be here. It's warm. It's sunny. I'm not going to look like a ghost because I've been so pale. And just really, really excited to be here. And I can't wait to share all of these incredible experiences with you. So I'm off to do the Women's Circle today and I can't wait. I have to go to Marjar Healing where Briar Roots is. I wasn't really sure what to expect of today's experience. So I spoke with Britta Fernandez-Smith back in the UK before we flew out here. She's the Executive Director of Women for Women International. She's also the author of Fears to Fears, a woman's guide to owning her power. She holds an MA in women's studies and she's a bit of a legend. This is the start of the journey. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been so excited to chat with you. I was reading your book the other day and there's so much that I'm going to go into with you on that, hopefully. So the whole idea of this podcast series is I'm going away to Bali and I'm going to try out different alternative therapies that will help me feel better and help everyone find their feel good. I have actually done women's circles before and I found them absolutely fascinating because we all sit in a circle and we share our personal experiences and what we're actually going through and our emotions. And obviously you being the executive director for Women for Women International, I thought who's a better person than you to talk about how powerful it actually is and beneficial it is for women to open up and speak to each other and have that support system. Yeah, thank you so much. I have not actually formally ever gone to a women's circle, but I feel I've had many 
iterations of a women's circle that I have participated in, but also the work that Women for Women International is doing in countries affected by conflict with women who have experienced extreme poverty and violence and trauma. We bring women together in classes of 25, and we always start by putting women into circles. Obviously, I have the privilege of traveling to the countries where we operate and I attend the classes. And, and sometimes there are classes right at the beginning, sometimes they're like halfway through the year, and sometimes they're at the end and we have a graduation ceremony and it's just gorgeous. But I remember one in particular in Kosovo. I had gone to Kosovo and I was attending a class that had just, it was like the second time that they were meeting. And you can imagine now these are women who have been through unspeakable violence and atrocity. With that comes this sense of isolation as well, that you think you're the only one. And I think that resonates for all of us, isn't it? You carry your pain with you thinking that no one else has this pain. Everyone else is just really happy. And you know, you have this pain and what's wrong with you? Why do you have this pain? And that is absolutely what happens to the women that we serve. And so they come together. And so there's obviously hesitation and you're not immediately just going to open up. You don't. And so one of the things that we do and the trainers who are all local do is that we actually stand in a circle and we touch each other's shoulders. So we create this circle and the trainer says, you know, we are creating a circle of trust that will not be broken. And whatever we share here stays here and we are here for each other so that we know that we're not alone. It's so powerful. And, you know, you stand there and I didn't understand the language, you know, translator was whispering it into my ear and you feel the shoulders of the other women and you sense this energy that's created that is in itself transformative without even starting the conversations and opening up. It's just like, <sighs> it's so powerful. I remember the first time I ever went to one of these women's circles. First of all, I really didn't want to go because like you said, it is so daunting. <laughs> I really didn't want to go. I was thinking, oh no, whatever. Everyone opened up about, I think it was what's like your high of the week and what's your low of the week. And all of a sudden you realize everyone in their own head has got this issue that they're sort of battling with. And there's such a diverse range of problems or worries and what are the women usually like when they first open up in the circles is there a little bit of hesitation or does it feel like you said so powerful in that circle that people are weirdly open it really varies what I have observed, it's a very delicate process. And I guess it depends on the level of trauma that women have experienced in terms of how quickly they will open up. And it also depends on the cultural context. But nevertheless, there are always some women who are more ready to share. And you sense that and you hear their voice and they start to share openly with others. And that creates that space. It's kind of like marked. Okay, this is a space where that's what we can do here. Because I think what also happens in our heads, isn't it, that we kind of, we just, we assess Okay, yeah, I know this is a safe space, but like, how safe is it? You know, what, what are we doing here? Are we really talking about things that like worrying us today? Or are we just like talking about worrying? And so there's inevitably always like one or two women who stand up and they talk about it and they open up. And even if the other women 
don't necessarily do that then in the first couple of sessions. And sometimes they never do in the whole group. Sometimes they will go to the trainer. But we are talking about women here who have been raped during the conflict. And this is like 20 years ago. And I've never spoken to anyone about the fact that they were raped. Even their husbands don't know about this because of the shame that is attached to that trauma. But they will start talking to the trainer, for example. So either way, what I have observed is that it's a process and it starts, the catalyst is the circle, is the women coming together. And then each woman will find her way, but they would not find that way if they didn't feel that they are part of something bigger, that they are no longer alone. And that is like so powerful. And you know, Jade, one of the things that I always say, and Women for Women International, we monitor really carefully the impact we have, you know, how much more money women earn at the end of the year long program and all of these things. But for me, the biggest impact we have is that we bring them together with other 24 women. We break the isolation and we create that social belonging. And it's just beyond powerful. I think what you do is absolutely amazing. I feel like I'm welling up just thinking about it. Like some of the stories I've read in your book and just hearing you speak then, it makes me so sad to think that things like that actually go on in the world. Thank you so much. And there are so many people who do just the most amazing work and the teams that work in the countries where we operate or all from those countries. That's really important to us. They are beautiful human beings, Jade, you know, who genuinely want to make a difference, who genuinely want to create this space for women to heal and to regain hope and to know that they are stronger than they think and that they have still so much to give, that the trauma that they've experienced does not define them. And that I think should give us all hope, right? To know that that is the case. This is why I always say, if we can create hope in the darkest places, then we can all have hope. We can all find a way to be hopeful because that's what happened to me. I mean, my first women's informal women's circle was when I went to Essex University where I did my BA and then I went to Sussex to do my master's in women's studies. And that was my first women's circle. And I was with a woman from Syria and a woman from South Korea and a woman from the UK and then me from Germany. And, you know, and it was just like, wow. Okay, I'm actually not the only one who's outraged, you know, and, and this level of inequality isn't just, you know, in the UK and in Germany, it's also in South Korea, it's, it's all over the world, you know, and that's why it's so powerful when you bring women together. It's what I see, whether it's in Nigeria or in Congo when I travel and I see women in our program, like they come together and they start to realize, mm. <laughs> you know, and then they're together and it's just like, boom. And Boom. they go and they challenge the norms and they challenge rapists. I mean, they they develop bravery that is just beyond and that is just inspiring. So yeah, we gotta we gotta keep that rage. <laughs> Definitely. How do you think it does change the psychology of women then? Like you said, that first circle that you were in, what do you think goes on in your brain for it then to be like, hold on a second? One, I'm not the only person who thinks like this. And two, I'm going to go out there and actually do something about it. This is like literally like the essence of fierce to fierce. <laughs> because this is what the thing is, right? So we just, we talked about, you know, you're a little girl. You don't know you're a little girl. You don't really understand this feeling that you have. And then around you, you don't see anybody talking about this. So then you kind of come to the conclusion that there's something wrong with you, right? And this is definitely what happened to me. I'm like, okay, we, I'm too loud. I'm too much. I mean, this is clearly like, I just... 
And if I want to fit in, I'm just going to have to make myself a bit more kind of demure and just turn it down, just like, you know, quiet my fierceness. Then you get used to that. But there's this unease within you because your fierce won't shut up. It just won't until you get to the point where you meet other women who have experienced the same, right? And you create a safe space where suddenly you say, you know what? I've always felt all my life. I didn't feel normal. Yeah, no, me neither. Oh no, me neither. And then you realize that in a, now I don't know any woman who says, oh yeah, I felt totally normal when I was growing up. You know, that was all just really good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah. And then you have, oh my God, there's this big conspiracy theory. This is so crazy. Which is why women's circles are so revolutionary because they create a space where you can stop and you can just look at your life with another woman and you see it mirrored in each other. And that's when you realize, aha, it's actually not right. It didn't make this up. It wasn't just all in my head. I'm not weird. The situation we're in is weird. So let's change it. It's such a shame that we don't have this in schools, doing it from such a young age. Like I feel like if we were all living in tribes, the women would be sat around having these conversations and connecting and sort of like naturally encouraging each other's power. And I feel like we've lost it somewhere along the way. And I mean, if you ever want to find a way of bringing it into schools, I would love to do that. Can you imagine if we had the kind of conversation that you and I are having? And I actually thought about university, right? Because university is hailed as this place where you are formed for your future career. And if we put as much emphasis on the technical skills as we should on the emotional intelligence, on the ability to reclaim our fears, to understand what our purpose is. You know, I know we would live in a different world. I mean, I would have saved myself I don't know, a good 25 years <laughs> of, you know, soul searching. But so absolutely, do I think we should do it at schools? Yes, I absolutely do. It would make a huge difference and it would actually save so much money in mental health bills. Just seriously, I mean, to start with. No, definitely. It's on my vision board. Jade. So it will come to happen and I will be in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, definitely. I'll put it on my one as well. Oh, thank you so, so much for coming on. And if people want to find you, how can they find you? And where can they get your amazing book? The best place I think is on Instagram at BrittaFS. That's where I'm most active, but I'm also on all the other channels and a website, BrittaFS.com. And there is a link where you can buy the book. So many links, in fact. So thank you so much, Jade. It was so great to speak to Britta and I'm even more excited to experience the next part with Briar. And just so you know, the Women's Circle's a really respectful place, so none of us give advice to each other. We just sit there and listen. Hi. How are you? Uh, to Madja Healing. This is it. Thank you. Bye. So I finally arrived here at Marja Healing where I'm about to experience a women's circle and I can't wait 
it's such a nice location I've come up the stairs and as I open the door the smell of incense just hits your nose and there's about 10 women in the room all from completely different backgrounds and different ages and I can't wait to hear about all of their stories and there's a little circle of orange flowers which are absolutely gorgeous in the middle and I think that's where all of us are about to sit down and experience our women's circle. We just um, begin to just connect inwards before we begin talking. I invite you to let out a sigh if that feels good. So taking your breath in and then sighing it out. So we'll go around the circle first and we'll just say hello, who we are, and invite your intention in. And also, I think it's really beautiful to invite any of our ancestors, our sisters, people that are here with us, people that have passed and you would like to bring that energy in. So my name is Briar. I'm working here at Marja and my intention today was to be clear. So I hope that I'm clear for you guys. I'm inviting my my sisters, so I have four sisters, um, Bracken, Maya, Shanoa and Araya. I really miss their connection with them I really have a very strong bond with my sisters and so I'm going to invite that energy into the circle tonight so my intention for the circle yeah is to is to receive and to give and to listen as well and just to connect my intention today is to be more connected to the female energy my intention today is to add to the quality of this gathering and to also allow my sister Raudia who's passed whose work has been to increase and support our women. Hi, my name's Jade. I'm from Manchester. My intention today is just to be as honest and authentic as possible whilst doing this and try not to cry. (laughs) I'm going to bring in my mum and my sister. And I actually would quite like to bring in my cousins as well. I've got quite a lot of females in my family and they're all massive personalities, but I also would love to be able to bring them to something like this. And I'm not sure they'd sort of be on board with it, but I think they would get a lot out of it if they did come. I thought I'd start with the topic of triggers because it's something that's come up in my life and I had a bit of a trigger this morning and I thought I would share and maybe we can open the space of when when did you last feel triggered I've been running a a coaching program for the last six weeks online and it's my first one and yeah it was kind of like a hit and miss you know it didn't do as well as I thought it would do and I invited my one of my girlfriends on that we've worked together before and yesterday she cancelled last minute and she said she was sick and I was like I was the last last ceremony and I was really um, kind of a bit triggered I think a big fear of mine is rejection even at hosting the women's circle there's that fear of like what if no one turns up and then I'm like I look like a loser and that's something that I've always had to work on like even like when I did my first Marja talk here I was having that kind of like fear in my mind like oh what if no one turns up and it looks like I'm not good enough and you know all of those stories that I tell you know I or we tell ourselves to try to speak from an eye perspective so I think what came up for me this morning or yesterday was the trigger of rejection I saw her on her Instagram later on she was out at the pub (laughs) and I did send a voice message you know with a clear boundary but being loving and compassionate like I completely understand if you're sick and 
I totally get that. But if you weren't and you just wanted to go to the pub instead, I completely get that too. But please be honest about it. You know, I really, for me, a big value is authenticity and something I'm trying to step into as much as possible. So I really value that in my friendships. And yeah, that was definitely a trigger. And it kind of was actually a good thing because it sparked the topic for tonight. So thank you for listening. (laughs) I relate to that. Sometimes the work as a hypnotherapist can feel, you know, you carry a lot of stories of people and I know the hypnotherapist in here can relate. Um, and sometimes it just gets quite, quite a lot. And then I watched a video about child abuse and everything just came up in me like really strong. And I was just like, why is this happening? You know, why is the world still like this? And yeah, like when's it going to end? And so I was really triggered about that. And I walked up to my boyfriend and I was like, I really just need a hug right now. You know, like... But that was my last really big trigger. Thank you for everyone for sharing. It always amazes me how everyone's got their own stuff going on and it makes you feel less alone, doesn't it? For me, I've noticed since I've arrived in Bali, I've always had quite a poor body image where I can't tell, it sounds weird, but I can't tell if I'm thin, chubby, fat, like I... I, some days I'll wake up and I'm like, I'll look in the mirror and I'll think, oh, you look great. And then within later in the day, I'm like, no, you're not. You're really fat. <laughs> so clearly it's not a real perception because it can't change from hour to hour. And I've just found myself, and I hate saying this, everyone's very healthy and in shape in Bali. I can find myself looking at other women and comparing myself and being jealous of people having great bodies, even though deep down, I know I'm not fat, but there's something within me that still doesn't like the way that I look. And so I'm trying to be a bit more conscious of the fact whilst I'm here in Bali to be a little bit nicer to myself. So my trigger is I disappear from my boyfriend. Uh, I told to him that I need a week to pull myself together and the trigger is because he got off the phone with my mother and he told to me that your mother is so lovely and he loves you so dearly and how could you told to me that uh, she is just liking you and I was like what the fuck <laughs> because this is not the first time my mom is manipulating everything and with my previous exes I always be blamed by them because my exes always told to me that your mom is so religious, your mom is so supportive and how could your story doesn't match with the reality that I'm seeing. My exes always told to me that I had a personality disorder and I was so hurt by their words because people is treating me like an ETM machine. I'm the breadwinner in my family. I feel like a failure, actually. Thank you for listening to me and for understanding me. Two weeks ago, I just went through a breakup of four years. It's been the best breakup ever. It's been so loving and supportive and like we're both very happy for our personal growths, but it's still a lot to think about and it definitely affected my stress and also having to move out and going to a new town and everything. And then there was this festival this last weekend that I went to and it was just a lot. And I, but I teach yoga, you know, at 8am every Monday. And for some reason I put it on Instagram, my post at 9am and I set my alarm for 7am saying yoga at 8am. 
And then I was like, oh no, it's not till nine. <laughs> and then, so I'm just like, you know, having my tea as well. And, and then 826, I see a message from my collaborators saying like, are you, are you in class? Like, where are you? You know? And, and then my teammate had to sub in for me. And I was just like, I was there. I could have taught. I was so looking forward to teaching. I needed it, you know, to discipline myself to do an hour of yoga and be there for other people. And it just, I love it so much. And I was just like, why, why did I not just listen to my message to myself saying yoga at 8 (laughs) a.m.? <laughs> to close, I think just bring your hand onto your heart and just connect into your breath and connecting into each and every one of you sharing and speaking your truth and having that vulnerability to express yourself is so beautiful because so often not we don't feel like um, what we need to say is worthy, but every time someone shares something, someone can relate to an experience or has a similar experience they've gone through. So. It's really beautiful to hear each and every one of you share. We're going to collectively arm just to kind of raise that vibration and bring us back into balance, even though we're women and we always fall out of balance, but we know exactly how to bring ourselves back into balance and it's coming together. So we'll inhale to chant arm three times. My judgment against others erupts from a place of lack within, from an old blueprint where I was judged by others in the same way. Though judgment is far easier than introspection, I realize that it keeps my heart closed. It is only where I can enter compassion for others that I can ultimately can forgive myself. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Adio. After the Women's Circle, I spoke to Briar about her journey and why she thinks Women's Circles are so powerful. I'm here with Ayurvedic lifestyle practitioner, Briar Roots. She's actually my friend from back home in Manchester, but she moved out to Bali four years ago. She guides female leaders to optimize their energy and digestion through self-care practices. And she also has her own podcast, The Dharma Journey. The other day we did your fantastic Women's Circle. So the first time I actually experienced women's circles was with you do you remember it I do yeah yeah that was crazy I actually remember being in Bali last time and you saying to me come to this women's circle and I was like I remember feeling like no I'm not going and you were really good (laughs) weren't you do you remember saying to me like no you like just come on come on come with me it's like we want connection but we're afraid of connection I think since last year and everyone going into lockdown which is when I started the women's circles online originally trying to bring a little bit of that Bali community. Women's circles have been around for thousands, thousands of years. And it's, you know, traditional medicine that we would come together. And especially when women were kind of on their moon cycles and women that were bleeding and the women that were ovulating would help the women that were bleeding. And the kind of the grandmothers and the ancestors would all kind of help and really just share with one another insights. And we forget that essence towards feminine energy and that's why so many of us are in that masculine energy we've lost that connection so the online women's circle works a little bit differently to what we experienced the other day doesn't it 
it's women that come together from all different parts of the world. And it's just a safe space where we can discuss a specific topic, Mm. whether that be feminine energy, whether it be our moon cycles, whether it be sex, relationships, kind of all the things that, you know, we love to speak about with our girlfriends. Often sometimes, depending on where we're from, our cultural background, a lot of women, especially here in, you know, in Indonesia and Bali, they just haven't got that ability to express themselves And I think so many women desire to be heard and seen. And even with our friendship groups, like so many of us are within friendship groups and it's like, we're kind of talking all over each other and, you know, we're like, (laughs) and we don't really have this time to digest and really listen. I think a big part of the woman's circle is because of the, the way that we host it as in everyone gets time to speak, you know, there's no time limit, but of of course we're kind of mindful for each other, but we have, you know, a topic and then we share from our perspective, the topic. And what I love about the woman's circle is everyone has the opportunity to share if they want to, without anyone giving advice or saying anything. Of course, at the end, we kind of open up to a general discussion, but I think the magic is in really listening. Often in the woman's circle, a lot of emotion comes up from nowhere because of the (laughs) the people are just listening and then no one's kind of giving advice. And often not, we don't actually want advice. We just want someone to yeah, listen to us and validate so <laughs> validate our experience. And I think that's kind of like the magic. And because obviously it's virtual, because a lot of the women don't know each other, you know, in person, there is this element of you can speak your truth and you feel safe to do so. That's what I love about it. It does feel like, okay, there might be judgment there. We're humans. Everyone, you know, has some sort of judgment, but because nobody's giving you that advice and seeing it from their perspective, it does feel like there isn't that much judgment there within the circle. And the thing that I always find really interesting about them and what I found so interesting about the circle that we did the other day at yours is like, everybody has a trigger, but in completely different ways. Mm. So it just, I think it shows the human mind, doesn't it? That actually your reality is your reality within your own mind rather than actually what is going on because everyone perceives things differently. Mm. And that's what I found so interesting about it. For me, it's like, oh, I'm not the only one going through mm. similar, similar stuff. We're all in it together. And that sense of community makes you feel, oh, I'm, a, I'm actually normal, you know. Absolutely. It is. It's so <laughs> Which is true. quite uh, refreshing, you know, instead of us like on Instagram showing all the best parts of our <laughs> life, which, you know, I'm guilty of too. But, you know, it's that this part of us is not always, you know, negative or things that we are experiencing. It's just the lessons that we're learning in our life mm. and how we're digesting them and turning them into wisdom, which I think when we have got women in the group that have maybe gone through similar experiences, They can share their perspective without giving advice, but from really just showing them, okay, this is how I kind of moved beyond this limitation that I've had. And that's what helped me and, you know, take it or leave it, you know, try it out and see if it helps you as well. Yeah. So that, that sense of community that you talk about, why do you think that is so important? We're designed for connection. That is something our core need is connection. Like if you think about when we're kids, we have two needs as children and this goes way back to like developmental trauma, but the need for attachment, so attachment to our caregiver and that the desire to be authentic. And I believe the journey home is finding that tribe of people where we can be our authentic self. Through that safe connection, we start to become our most authentic self. And that is so liberating because we don't have to hide these parts of ourselves that we think are not lovable. Because when you find the tribe that you know, it's like your family, but your soul tribe, they say, you have this sense of like knowing that you're loved and you're accepted, regardless if you fuck up and do something wrong, 
you know, they, they see it as a part of your growth. And I think because of this disconnection in the world, that's why so many of us are experiencing mental health issues. This is something that we need to change and we can only change that through our action and through building community. And that's why this year it's really disconnected so many of us because we're just on social media more and we're having this virtual connection, which is think of it when we were in a tribe, we had maybe a hundred people in the tribe. Now we're trying to get validated by thousands of different people on Instagram. You know, we're not wired for that. You know, no no wonder people have mental breakdowns. You know, even like last year I had kind of, I wouldn't say it was a breakdown, but it was definitely, I felt my nervous system needed to take a back seat. I was constantly stimulated, constantly on social media, you know, and that was a part of my journey I had to go through from wanting to seek approval for my achievements. And I think we all have that in some different areas like we we seek validation from our community and from mm-hmm. our tribe and when we get that in a, an authentic way through our caregivers through our intimate relationships we don't have to seek externally so much which I think when we have that community of women that we can talk to and relate to that brings that sense of yeah authentic connection which is I think what we're really seeking I know we've sort of, sort of touched on how you got into the virtual ones and stuff but what was your journey of getting to where you are now you know, I think ultimately we evolve through our own discomfort and through Mm. our own issues, you know, and I think growing up in a beautiful family of, you know, women, I've, I've always had that connection to women, but I've always also outside my circle, I've always had, even with our friendship group, there was all those element of the kind of like underlying judgment, jealousy, envy, you know, and we grew up to, to form this separate self of identity, the mm-hmm. ego. And I think a big part of, you know, my healing and still is every day is like coming back to that place of like, how can I share authentically what, what I'm going through? And that is going to bring me closer to that connection piece. And I think since when I left home at 19, this is like eight years ago now, obviously I had, you know, beautiful friends, but I had this, this desire to you know, find other ways of living. And I think growing up with family that I did, I, you know, I, I just knew there was something more and that kind of sparked. Obviously I lived in Australia for many years and what grew me further, I think from my authentic self was working as a topless waitress in Australia when I was backpacking. And even though I, I don't regret a minute because it, it really led me to where I am now, mm. it did disconnect me to women because I was in this competitive nature of like, who's getting more money, who looks better, you know, and it kind of, it threw me off my center. It kind of drew me towards more feeling of separation and comparison, which through the women's circles and through working with women now and helping them on their kind of healing journey, you know, that we're all on in different ways. That's really helped my healing process as well, because it's allowed me to connect more in with my feminine energy and Um, have more compassion for other people, Mm. which is something that I always kind of, I think I was a bit like the strong independent one, like I'm going to travel and never see you guys again. And I kind of needed that to get me to where I am, but it it, it also kind of caused me to, you know, come from a place of judgment and comparison, like I said, and deep down, I knew that wasn't me, but I noticed that kind of coming up quite a lot. So since working with women, it's been such a powerful way to, yeah, to connect in more with the feminine energy and to kind of heal any of those ancestral and generational cycles of having to compete with women and working with women in my healing center at Maja. We are so much more powerful when we're together. Collaboration is the key to success. Like there's so many things I'm great at like you, but there's so many things I'm not so great at. So let's join and 
bring our creative energy together and make the world a better place, which I think we need a lot, lot of that right now. Um, Even just looking at the front of a magazine, this is actually what I did my dissertation at uni on, the way that they compare women and they, they pit them against each other. I wonder if there is something behind that actually once we all do get together, it's, it's that powerful that people don't want that. Exactly. When we, when we rise together, (laughs) that power. And like, that is, I think that's really the journey home is remembering Mm. we're all, we're all interconnected. And what I say to you is like, when I judge somebody else, I'm withdrawing love for myself. When I'm coming from that place of lack, or I feel insecure about my body or my, you know, my achievements, I just not always, but I try and connect back to that place. Like we're all in this journey together and we all have different strengths and weaknesses and how can we join forces and, and really, you know, make this world a better place for our children and for ourselves and for the generations to come. It's very healing. That's the only way I can sort of put it into words. So thank you for doing that. There's a question that I ask all of my guests at the end of dun, dun, dun. podcast. Dun, dun, dun. So what are three things that make you feel good? Definitely a strong spiritual practice. So whether that be pranayama, breathing, yoga, meditation, like I do that every single day. And that's kind of connects me back to my why. And it helps me just connect back in because everything's so stimulated and, you know, it's so hard to go within and just sit with yourself. And for me, that's really where the contemplations, where my creativity, where my insights come from. So that's something that I, I really, I make that commitment to show up for myself and to make the effort to really just tune into how I'm feeling in that day. And and, you know, and that's really something that I love. I love sticking things up my butt. Coffee enema, to be, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> if you guys have never heard of co- coffee enema, it's, uh, it detoxifies your liver, but it makes you feel amazing. Especially if you think of all the toxins that you accumulate over your life. And it's, yeah. it's an Ayurvedic practice from Panchakarma, but... I, I wish everyone could experience the, the healing power of, of sticking things up, up your butt. butt. <laughs> I mean, of course, uh, cleanse is always, it's very powerful. And it, you know, it, all jokes aside, it, it's so super healing. I did actually agree before this this podcast episode to uh, to do one. So <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about that, but there'll be something going up my butt. <laughs> and the other thing that makes me feel good is being present in the moment. I think that relates back to the meditation and and the yoga. I think the more that I practice, you know, presence awareness when I'm off the mat, the more I can be present, like in this Mm. conversation or when I go to the beach with my partner, instead of being like, oh, I need to send this email. I need to do that. Because I think the real healing in all of our lives is just to be alive in the present moment and to really understand that we are here to live regardless of all the healing and all that kind of stuff, (laughs) which is great, but we are here to live and enjoy life. And I think that's so, so underestimated because we're always on this doing achievement, need to do more, be more, have more. And I think we forget that, you know, that I think the biggest gift is all is connecting in and knowing that life is going to happen for you, not against you. And when I'm connected to myself, to my health, my digestion, my mind, I manifest a beautiful life. I have great relationships and yeah. I, I know that I'm my my core and with the women I work with, when we are in alignment internally, that affects us um, externally. I've felt that before. When things within you are aligned and stuff, everything else sort of fits into place and the human instinct is kind of to keep striving for more, keep striving for more. And I think that is what has set me out on this journey of finding what makes me feel good because I was 
the epitome of what you said just before of trying to get more. I like I, when I got a job or a promotion, I then needed to try and find another promotion. When I got that, I needed to become famous. And then I went the polar opposite and was like, actually, I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. And like (laughs) completely stopped taking care of myself, to be honest. And then now this journey is sort of trying to find methods like the women's circles where it's like, you can live your life. Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, that is the most important thing, but also do these other things that can contribute to you being more present Mm -hmm. and actually, I guess, living a happy and fulfilled life rather than constantly striving for the next thing. So and not feeling guilty. I think often in the journey of like healing, we get so stuck in like, I need to heal more as well. And that's also a trap. And my boyfriend reminds me all, it's like, we always going to go out of balance. That's just life. And I I believe the journey home or the journey of life is just remembering that everything we we need is, is within. And it's the journey of like returning back to our, or reclaiming authenticity and our wholeness you know, that mantra I use every day, uh, I am enough, I do enough, and I have enough. And that's just something that I step into when I feel that fear of not being good enough. And I know that, what, like I said before, what happens inside reflects externally. So it's really, how do we suffer less and how do we jump back to a state of love, joy, gratitude, inspiration? And we do that through action and loving ourselves. After doing the women's circles, it's become even clearer to me how important it actually is for women to have that connection with one another and be able to be a bit of a sounding board for each other. The last year has been, well, the last couple of years really, have been so challenging for so many of us and we really haven't had that normal connection that we're used to. So I do think that women's circles are one of those things that could grow in popularity actually and be something that we all do on a regular basis. But one thing that I was reflecting on after the women's circle was I have been skinnier before. I have lost loads of weight and got to this ideal weight. I say ideal in quotation marks. And you know what? I was actually more miserable than I ever have been before. I couldn't eat what I want. I couldn't drink what I wanted. I was so obsessed with how I actually looked. I think that's a really difficult one, knowing that something that you miss or you're striving for actually isn't what will make you happy so I am looking forward to sort of delving into other therapies to find out what that is and if I can actually learn a bit more self-love so perhaps women's circles are actually quite good for an insight into what's going on in your mind and then maybe these other alternative therapies will help me find a way to actually I guess treat the root cause or or help me be more accepting of myself and more accepting of my body. I've also realized that I don't want to judge myself on the way that I look, but I feel like it's something that's just been so ingrained into women from such a young age. And I guess it just shows really that it isn't about the way you look, it's more about the way that you feel. It's made me realize how important it is to listen and not give advice. So maybe next time I'm out with my friends, I'll just spend some time listening and not try and fix their problems or offer a solution, but just be there and be fully present with them. If you want to find out more about Britta, go to womenforwomen.org.uk. And if you want to find out more about Briar, go to briarroots.com. We'll put all the links in the show notes too. And keep listening to hear our next episode all about breathwork with Richie Bostock and Edward Dangerfield. That was a moment where I was like, 
um, this is it. I'm going to follow this. This is going to be the rest of my life. I feel really like a weirdo saying this, but it felt like my twin was almost like speaking to me and being like, wow, (laughs) God, this is bizarre. Always with me. Thanks so much for listening to episode two of Finding Feel Good from Real 2 Media and Pineapple Audio Production. Right, I'm off to lunch with Riot to say thank you for being such an amazing guest. I'll see you next time.